Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 68, 68 of Utopia to Me, with me, your host, Chris Locke. How's it going? Hey, check it out. Uh, surfing Safari. That's right. We're surfing on top of uh, nothing right now. Just uh, kind of podcast waves, huh? Surfing through your, your uh, gray matter up there in your skull. Hey, do you have a crystal skull? Do you ever drink crystal skull vodka? That'd be so cool because then you'd uh, have the skull bottle left over and you could put it on a shelf. And then years later, when people come over for like a dinner party or something, you're like, you know what? I forgot to cook. Uh, we can order pizza. We can order whatever. Then they'll look on your shelf and be like, you have a crystal skull? And there you go. See, everything is valuable. You always have to hold on to junk. Here's the thing. Spice up your apartment. Spice up your house. This episode, I'm really excited to get into. Where are you? Where are you listening to this? Hopefully, it's in a car going fast because, uh, man, we need to get away from some craziness right now. Am I right? This episode, though, is crazy. I drank too much green tea and I fried my mind talking to the lovely, wonderful, hilarious, super funny Don Whitwell, okay? Uh, Toronto comedian and writer Don Whitwell. And uh, we sat and hung out and had a good time. And so you know what? I'm not going to talk too much more about that. She's awesome. We talk a lot about that and more and some fun, interesting ideas in this episode. So here we go. We're going to dive right in. This is episode 68. After this is done, keep it. Put it on your shelf for a center uh, for a talking piece for when you have company over. Episode 68. This is Don Whitwell. Here we go. Enjoy. But yeah, so <clears throat> I had this little bit of weed, and I don't smoke that often, and... Uh, I was just trying to have a little nip in or two every now and then at night recently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was explaining to Kathleen that, um, so it's like, usually I think I do need a little bit at night, at least some sort of indica thing. Yeah. Cause usually my brain, it's like, remember when you were a kid and you'd be like, I'm going to watch TV and then you'd sit and you'd change the channels for like a half an hour and yeah. then you'd leave and be like, I watched TV, but yeah. you didn't. Right. <laughs> My brain is sort of like the kid switching the channels like all the time, but nothing settling on nothing. And when I smoke a little bit of weed, I find that I settle on a channel for a bit easier. Yeah. Weird, eh? Yeah. Is that That's ADD? a good analogy. Thanks. It might be. It might be. I'm analogy Joe. <laughs> <laughs> this is Don Whitwell, by the way, finally on my podcast. With Analogy Joe. <laughs> Sitting here with Analogy Joe on a <laughs> super nice, beautiful couch at your place. Thanks, man. It's Thanks. lovely. Thanks. But yeah, I finally got you on because I've been trying, I think, for at least a year or more. Well, we tried about a year ago and yeah. then... Something came up. Schedules and stuff and yeah. we made it happen this time. Yeah. But this is the ADD-ish thing, too. I'm sure I've asked a handful of people that, for some reason, when I ask them, it doesn't make it work. We can't make it work at that time. And hmm. then I kind of forget for months right? and months. Yeah, 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 I have severe ADD. And yeah, you have it for real. I think I'm using it in a glib way. You might have it for real. Like, I went and got diagnosed with, like, all my report cards from grade school. They're really textbooky. Oh, really? For ADD. Like yeah. what? Mine was social butterfly to the max. Yeah, that could you? be. Uh, mine was more like things like I ignore instructions on purpose. Like snarky. I was a bit, I went to school bef 
about 10 years before you, I guess. Teachers didn't necessarily like kids at the time. So ah. there were like kind of bitchy comments from... Were you in high school in the 80s? Yeah. No. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. When did you graduate? 87. You graduated... 80, yeah, we're exactly 10 years. Yeah. I'm 97. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You graduated before Mother's Milk by Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> you graduated around the height of In Excess Kick. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely. how I remember years. That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> That's more like I do have those references from then because I had a car and I always yeah. listened to the radio. Bam, bam, bam. Yep. Early videos, very little content for the music stations. Yeah. So you went to high school. Okay. Teachers were dicks. They were mean. Yeah. When I was a kid in grade school, it was kind of like transitioning to like from them being mean to liking kids. Interesting. So like, yeah, so I'm like this new wave of like maybe being too coddled. I don't know, man. We maybe like split the diff. Oh no, they're being. Apparently, everyone says they're being too coddled now. Like yeah. it's gone to the max. I think it's like just kept happening. Like and no happening. one can fail or lose anything. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I felt like a loser a lot of times in school for it, sure. I definitely lost. Yeah. I definitely didn't make teams, and I definitely. Yeah. Man, I was just saying this to my sister. We watched the Super Bowl with my sister, her oh, wife, yeah. and and Kathleen, like, on <coughs> Sunday. And, oh, yeah. And uh, I loved it. It was a great game. But but watching football sometimes, especially football, football and hockey are the sports that make me feel bad about my life. And I'm like, oh, I remember not being good at these as a kid. And that totally huh. shaped a whole aspect of my frustration, for huh. sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, but it also probably made you funny. Yeah, I had to survive somehow. You do. Yeah, I think I remember going, I'm going to embrace this, this funny thing. And it was when I went to Catholic school from public school. And this was like grade six. So it's like probably 81. Wait, oh, how long Catholic school? Um, I started there oh, grade, grade six. six. Yeah. yeah, and... Um, I used to get in fights in public school and then I went to Catholic school and they would say the same things like you're dead at four, whatever, like stuff like that. Where was this? Where did you grow up? Oh yeah, Hamilton. (laughs) And then no one would, it was all talk at Catholic school. And then I was like, well, I can't use these scrapping skills. I better develop something else. Really? Yep. You got funny because you couldn't fight. Yeah. It wasn't like you weren't like there was no, Access to fights. Yeah. Cool. That was like my, how I dealt with stuff, so. Yeah, I've been a joker all my life, but I, but it was funny because uh, I never thought about it like that until all of a sudden I was 20 or 21 and I found myself on an open mic stage. Really? Yeah. And I was like, well, how did I get here? Like, I just went, I just went there, you know? You hadn't done Humber or anything? or No, I'm not a Humber guy. After, oh, wow. I thought you were. After I did a year of sloppily doing some open mics, like basically 99, 2000, I may have done like five, six open mics. I could tell you them too. Wow. Einstein's. 
Yeah. But that's what got me out of it because Einstein's is, for those of you who are listening, Einstein's, I don't know what it's like now, but back in the early 2000s, it was late 90s, early 2000s, it was like, I was like, oh, I love doing stand up, but this is like racist, homophobic, misogynist, like assholes. Yeah. So then I did that and I did Spirits once and bombed hard and Joanna who R.I.P., we we just lost Joanna Downey, a comedy institution yeah. in Toronto, but she um, destroyed me. Wow. After my set, she was like, all these dumb kids are doing Humber courses now and coming up asking <laughs> to do my stage. And I remember leaving being like, I'm not doing Humber. I just, uh, and I just like got so... You're getting lumped in with them. But then like, you know, six, seven years later, five, six years later, getting like love and respect from joanna was huge wow yeah yeah but anyway so i got into second city courses after that those are the right, courses right I took. right yeah. improv and stuff yeah what about you when did you start um yeah i started i kind of was just living in hamilton and working at mcmaster university had never been on stage in my life had never taken a class nothing and i was going to go to graduate school for like math and then someone told me about uh, Second City classes. And I was like, okay, I'll do one fun thing before I start upgrading for math. And <laughs> math then, life. Yeah. God. And then uh, I did one class, <clears throat> Second City, with Alana Shields was my teacher. And I remember the drive home. It was like my mind was made up. That's very nice. From one class. I love that. And then yeah, it's the unlocking. It was so clear to me all of a sudden. And then um, I was so hardcore into improv, but then for a couple of years, and then it was like... The unlocking. That's what comedians should call it. That could be a, a name for a show for you. Un- the unlocking. Yeah. Yeah. I break open people's minds. That'd be sweet. <sighs> yeah. Um, you shouldn't be a math person. Yeah. The unlocking. Are you good at math, though? I used to be really into it. I think you got to keep that skill up, though. Math makes me want to die. Yeah. I did like it. It was very straightforward, and the rules were clear, and I liked it. So what year was that? That was like 96, and then I did improv hardcore till... I tried stand-up in 97. I guess I'm coming up to 20 years this year. Yeah. Holy shit. Have a big show. Okay. Or a big Dawn Patrol. Let's take this opportunity to list some of your accomplishments. Sure. Dawn Patrol is a weekly show. Yeah. That's been about two to three years now or so. Maybe. Four, maybe. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, time flies. But it's one yeah. of my favorites to play in the city on a Thanks, Monday man. night. Uh, yeah, I love it. Always a great, conducive crowd. Good. And you teach stand-up. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, is it an all-female class? It used to be, and now yeah. I've started doing some co-ed ones. Okay, yeah, but you, but yeah, so that you helped like <clears throat> hundreds of uh, young comedians start out in the city, and for your show, you give them small opening spots mm-hmm. each Monday. That mm-hmm. is very cool. And they bring people. They bring people. <laughs> I've noticed that. Yeah, yeah. That's it's like a they destroy, and then I go up and try new stuff, and their crowd is like interesting yeah and then they <laughs> have this feeling like "Ooh, i i matched up to some pros or something but it's all yeah they bring a lot of 
people. I make oh, them. Oh, you know what? Oh, God, thinking back to like the early to, or mid two thousands doing last Sabbath shows, or like Nick's Joe Club at the Drake or something, like just destroying, and then going to another comedy show. Yep. That wasn't me or my friends involved, and just being like, I think I did. You did one on uh, Parliament, right? The upstairs show. I bombed so hard one time and i was mean to a lady who was like sort of sort of was she drunk and talking yeah yeah that woman i remember well, her. she was mad at me but like in in a sense i also get why you're mad at me right now i'm not fucking making any sense i think richard Ryder was sitting in the back of the room pissed oh, at me yeah <laughs> we booked that show together and yeah. i was so into you guys and like yeah. it was exciting That's for nice. me what all these laugh sabbath people were doing and like I think you guys started that show at a time where I was kind of bored with stand-up. Yeah. And it was very delightful for me to see just something coming at it a different way, whether it was tight or not. It delighted me to see it happening. And it kept me interested at that time. That's nice. Yeah, well, you were definitely a regular performer on this so i loved booking you guys on those shows like all you guys we won't gossip too much but richard just hated it he was like you know what i got along with richard later when i joined yucks and we'd go on the road together um but he's a wild guy anyways like who cares like he's insane yeah 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 he's uh he's a funny crazy guy but yeah i i remember it, it yeah we didn't know if it was tight or not in the bubble of like in a sense, Laugh Sabbath is kind of like the same as this liberal bubble that has just been burst. Right, right. Like a super conducive world where everyone's like, dude, you're the funniest guy ever. Right. And then you go in the real world and you're like, oh, people, not everyone can connect these dots that I do or I'm not doing a good job of connecting these dots or yet. Right, right, right. It's like you know, stand-up it's is the only sort of writing and performing where you can't blame the audience you can't say oh you didn't get which it which i used to do i th- i used to like in my 20s for sure had a you chip on my shoulder won't get laughs yeah if they don't get it and yeah. i'd be like these people are stupid yeah it took me yeah it took me going to yucks and getting my ass kicked on the road for like a year to like I bet. to to uh come into the real world but then after doing yucks for a bunch of years then you come back to being like nah most of these people are stupid (laughs) (laughs) and your strength comes from being playful and and loose on stage yeah maybe yeah oh for sure (laughs) for sure yeah i write all the time but yeah people are always like your improv is the best they say nice things and then i'm like yeah but i wrote all these jokes yeah (laughs) I think people want to see you as having fun. Yeah, me too. And whatever that is. Do you teach that in your class? Are you like, have fun? I should say that. I did say, because a lot of them want to be smart. They want to be clever. And I did say, don't, clever's fine. Just don't let it get in the way of dumb. Because dumb's fun. Yeah. No, I used to be a super, like in the 20s, I think, yeah, I had a snobby attitude. So I'd be like, ah, you can't say like shit or sex jokes or anything. But then it was like, then it was getting so cerebral and so I remember you had like a jazz thing. Yeah. I can't quite remember it. People liked it. I loved it. Anyways, this isn't about me. Uh Uh-huh. So 
Yeah, but I'm glad you liked Last Sabbath. And definitely we had like a regular crew of fun people mm-hmm. doing those shows. But yeah, that was yours was like Big Mama's yep. place yep. or whatever. Yep. But I did I did well there a couple times I bombed hard once. And that was one of the times where I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I was I did not acknowledge it at the time, but when I left mm-hmm. I was like, Nah, maybe I'm not communicating well enough, you know? That's why I started to learn. Yeah. That uh Anyways, but yeah, what else? Okay, so you you, you write on uh, Baroness Von Sketch. Oh, yeah. Which we had Aurora Brown on two episodes oh, ago. Oh, yeah. She's a genius. Yes. I love what she does on that show. Yeah. Yeah. So unique in that cast. Yeah. They all are, but yeah. Yeah. What else are you working on or should we know that you are you have worked on? Um, what else have I worked on? You've done on? Just for Laughs. Just for Laughs and the 42. Oh, yeah. And... You had your own show th- last year or this year? Last year for 42? Last year. Yeah. And <clears throat> what else? That's fun. Yeah. I don't know. Um, You're basically a stand-up institution in the city for especially young female comics. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you've been <laughs> featured on Now Magazine, right? Or was it Now or what was it? I no, think you're it's featured the Globe s- and Mail. Yeah, did, okay. That's yeah, it. Monica Heisey wrote an article about the stand-up, the teaching and stuff. And everyone thought it was long overdue, well-deserved. Aw, thanks, man. <laughs> Pretty magical. Thanks. Yeah, you're a type of person that when you get like a shout-out like that or credit, like no one uh, has an issue with that. Everyone's uh-huh. like, yeah, for sure. That kicked off a pretty fun year for me. That whole year was good, 2015. Anyway, yeah. It's nice. It's yeah. inspirational. You are an inspiration. It's nice to get some, you know, reinforcement or whatever, you know. Yeah. Confirmation that what you're choosing, because there's just so no form to it. There's no rules. There's no nothing to know yeah. you're doing something right, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, um, I always wonder if like when I'm like 80 years old or something, some people are going to be like, you know, you did this and that was nice. (laughs) And I'll be like, you noticed. (laughs) But sometimes it's funny because men, some men can be like slightly bitter about, oh, an all female thing. Okay. (laughs) And then, uh, but uh, you really do need it. You really need that support. Well, I think uh, the all-female thing for me was numbers. It was numbers, 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 because you really do need hundreds out there in order to get one or five or ten of them that really throw themselves into it, you know? It's such a small percentage that actually do stand-up. Yeah, and if some of your students are listening to this right now, and hopefully they will, uh, they should, just because you destroyed on Don's show and then you tried another show and it might not have went as exactly. well as you want, that's how it goes. So keep going. Get into it. Yeah. It's not about being comfortable. You got to feel like, you know, you got to feel like the best and you got to feel like the worst to keep becoming more of the best. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, you can use it in your class. I like that. Do you ever have guest speakers? That's a really good idea, though. I do one off because then you got to split the dough. <laughs> um, I do the one off like workshops where 
<clears throat> I don't even know. Do you charge? I don't even know. You, do. you don't. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, I charge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why would you not? Um, yeah, I'll do like a one-off one-day workshop where someone will come and talk about yuck yucks or uh, open mics or like booking yourself on the road or whatever. That is lovely. Yeah, just little gaps. Those are good business things. Yeah, yeah business stuff, but not whole levels or courses or anything. Yeah. Like get in. This is a fantastic community we have. Get out there. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. The wind keeps blowing your door. Is that going to be a problem? Because I can put something in the door no, to not at all. stop that. There's a. Don has a lovely balcony and the door is open and the wind is kind of blowing the door. If you can hear it, Makes that's it what rattle. it is. If you can't hear it, that's uh, if you hear me get scared because I think a ghost is going to kill me, that's what it is. That's all it is. I'm vaping now. Can you hear it? Are you vaping weed? No, it's tobacco. tobacco. Oh. I quit smoking just over two weeks ago. I didn't even know you smoked regular cigs. You know, Ciggies. it's stupid. I was quit for 20 years. I quit when I was 16. Yeah. And then, oh, I quit when I was 24. Sorry, I started when I was 16. And then I quit for 20 years. And then I was on this film set, bored, and someone was help yourself to my cigarettes and i was like would have them there but then never at home and thought well this can't take this won't oh, yeah. get me and then it got me for three years there yeah yeah i had a quick relapse too i quit when cigarettes? i was 26 i didn't know that yeah i quit when i was 26 and then when i was 32 i went through the breakup uh, my last breakup before Kathleen and then started smoking while I drank because I guess it was like an emotional thing. Yeah. And then when Kathleen and I hooked up, she was still casually smoking anyways because she always kind of did like yeah. smoke with, with a drink. And so then we enabled each other yep. and then we became this weird clandestine couple hiding in her apartment, uh, smooching and smoking. Yeah. And then, yeah, for about three months there, I started, and then it was just pack a day. But then I had to, I cut it off fast. Wow. Yeah, because that's what I was like up until I was 26. Wow. And I think I still get really bad, like, congested, like, chest and Mm. bad coughs in the winter because of all that smoking in my early, uh, in my youth. Hmm. But yeah, about three to four months, it came back hardcore, and then I had to quit again, remembering what I read in Alan Carr's Easy Way to Stop Smoking. Oh, Alan Carr. Yeah. That saved me when I was 26. Also, being poor saved me. Because right. I would like go to the store, sell CDs, yeah, use that money I've to buy a pack. CDs, too. For cigarettes, though? For cigarettes, what a waste. But I did yeah. it for food. I mean, that's gone. Yeah, I probably got chips and ciggies. <laughs> McDonald's and cigarettes. I probably got Taco Bell. I remember my friend came over, Tabitha. We had nothing, no money. We wanted junk food. We wanted Taco Bell. I'm like, let's get these CDs out. Let's see what we can get together. We went, sold whatever we could, and then both had lunch. That's awesome. (laughs) I'm glad. I'm not the only loser. But I felt like a loser, and that helped me quit. Yeah. I remember my last cigarette. I smoked in the mirror of this. I was living in this shitty apartment with my friend, brendan and mice ran the place mm. and um i watched myself 
that. I was, Very mindful. I just started dating Sarah Hennessy. Oh. We dated for a bit. I don't know if people I've ever said that I knew here. that. Yeah, I Maybe knew that. Maybe we said it on her Utopia thing. I knew it, but I always forget it. Yeah, well, we were kids. Yeah. Well, I was older than her. She, I was like 25. She was 20. We, wow. For like a year. We, Yeah. Yeah. It's now we're friends. Funny. You're good friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the thing is. We were always just good friends. Yeah. What are we talking about here? Okay. I don't know. So, have you... <laughs> Smoking. Let's, let's move in. Yeah. No smoking in this utopian world, that of yours, okay? Or what do you want? Yeah, well, no fear of not smoking, you know? Yeah. That whole... No taking up your mind with that anxiety. Have you thought about your what your utopia... It can be anything, by the way. I just want to say. It doesn't have to even be this planet. You can start anything from scratch. Whatever you want. You know, okay. So, I hope it's not disappointing, but... I did think about it a tiny bit and I think it always is coming back to like utopia for me is like no existential angst. Oh, no one's ever said that. So like that's very relaxing. You feel like you're doing the right thing at the right time in the right place. And there's no kind of crazy overthinking of things. And fear. And I didn't even make up a planet. But, oh, I did think of this where everybody, it could be this planet, but everyone on it, for all the time they're awake, interprets this planet as magic all the time. What? Whatever they're seeing is like uh, magic. You mean just like they experience the joy of seeing magic just by seeing regular things right so they're like wow exactly kind of weirdly enough like how our friend sarah looks at things exactly with enthusiasm (laughs) and joy like a kid sees things like um basically yeah or even my our friend may sees things this way a lot like as like one day i was like i want to see something magical today and then i got out of the subway and a guy was just standing outside in this gray, crappy weather, but his pet bird was on his shoulder. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, all right, I Did got it. Did the bird mind the weather? Didn't seem to. It was a green, kind of budgy-looking thing. But a trained bird, I think that's kind of magical to go outside with a trained bird and it doesn't fly off. So you're like, basically, get rid of the existential dread, the anxiety, and just thoroughly enjoy... yeah. Like what we use drugs to get to. Oh, wow. So in a way, our mind is sort of like always on shrooms. In a way, yeah. Where you're very present. Everything yeah. is right. Every, you're not like, oh, is this the thing I should be looking at? Like it's just... Or do you mean like medical prescription drugs? No, no. I just you mean, mean like, yeah, yeah, like, like weed and... Shrooms work, you know. <laughs> I think we all kind of have that ability i really love that to yeah i think and also when you start introducing drugs into your life as a teen adult whatever even coffee even sugar all these things you know yeah we're kind of when we feel bad about those things we're kind of just trying to get back to before when we never even knew them yeah when we never thought about them what we need i really hate how humans categorize and catalog everything to the umpteenth you know like whatever like everything is like 
Like, man, like a rock doesn't know it's called a rock. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, you, like if you went up to a turtle and it could understand you, you're like, you're a turtle. And it'd be like, um, okay. You're in my way. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why do I have to be a turtle? Yeah. Like we just, like turtles don't know they're turtles. We just made that up. Mm-hmm. That pisses me off. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Okay. So you you don't even, yeah, it's like labels. No. Well, no, that's like a, I think to me that's a what I took a part of what I took of what you're saying. It's like because I think in a way we lose some of the immediate enjoyment of the planet because we have all these uh, trillions of mini narratives that goes along with every single goddamn thing we see. Right, that is dead (laughs) on. All these narratives. I've been learning a lot about personal narratives since the Trump uh, presidency. I think. All wars are just competing narratives. Yeah. We said it's this way. We said it's this way. Yeah. Away with you. Yeah. Yeah. And narratives are ego. They're And ego is fear-driven. I sound like Yoda a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And like we all need ego. It makes us ourselves. But it is a fear-driven thing that can just quickly slip into... Not f- from feeling good to feeling bad so much. Yeah. Like even so when we do stand up and it feels good because we're present and focused and not thinking about life and whatever yeah. and have a good time, good response, whatever. And you get off stage and you're kind of feeling high that can slip mm-hmm. into like, Oh, what if I don't get that anymore? What if I'm, you know what I mean? It can slip into fear so easily. Yeah. Um, from like worthiness into fear or whatever. I find it strange that, yeah, you're right. Because sort of like in the late sixties, early to mid seventies, especially like California, like all these people got to sort of those points to the maximum. They got to these like super like interpretation of Zen. With LSD and stuff. Or even not just like being kind of to a degree in an enabling sort of culture where they like maybe a commune or something where they end up kind of getting up their own ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like weirdly how almost weirdly like having this, everything is new and everything is Zen and in the moment sort of almost does weirdly lead to a negative place sometimes. Cause then you're like, Hey, you hurt me the other day. And then the person's like, that is your choice to feel hurt. Right. I was being, uh, 100% in the right, moment in right, me. Right, right, Like, that's the thing that I... The danger that I hate about, like, you know... Well, because I like, I like Zen stuff, thinking about it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can almost, like, never go there because, like, yeah, this... It just becomes this weird way of, like, almost, um, you know, yeah, just getting away with ego-driven shit and not having to apologize or something. Right, yeah. Like, it's yeah. a weird, you know, enabler or something. Well, it was like when uh, the Obamas went to Japan for the anniversary of the bomb dropping or whatever. Yeah. And instead of apologizing, he said, Obama said he was future, he was focusing on the future of their relationship. That's and I was <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to keep that in my back pocket. Yeah, Next time yeah. I owe someone an apology. Yeah. Let's, why don't we focus on the future of this relationship? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Now when you see like, because Obama's government was still doing 
considerably awful things around the world forever. Things that like the the peasants would uh, think is horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that we have Trump versus Obama, it's like. Oh, Obama was like super slick. You know, the bar has just <laughs> been lowered so far that yeah. now we're conditioned to go, oh, we should just want <clears throat> the bar where it was. And before we were like, you know, looking past that, I took, I'm not on Facebook a lot now because it's making me miserable. Mm-hmm. And interfering with my ability to see magic in this world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah, Facebook is the opposite of magic. Sorry to interrupt. It kind of is. <laughs> because there is plenty of good to see. I do mm-hmm. like... Yeah, I like to feel empowered. If there is something bad going on that we need to do something about it, I like to see a post that offers some empowerment as well, not just it's so bad look how bad 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 you know yeah and even in facebook though the the weird thing is is when somebody does post a positive thing it almost comes across as this self-serving like ego-driven bs anyways like Mm -hmm. it almost makes you mad too Hmm. you know like like, listen up everybody everything's been negative lately but i've took it upon myself and before they even finish you're like fuck you right it's not about you you fucking shit yeah or like when you see people in like their arms around each other in italy and the waves are crashing and you're like fuck you (laughs) (laughs) having fun without me (laughs) like it's like even the positive stuff makes you bad well and that can be the lens of facebook too where you just get so jaded about it is like this weird. It makes society like high school. Yeah. Yeah. Or it, bra- it or it makes us realize that we've always kind of been like these weird little shitty high school like ecosystems no matter what, you know? Yeah, but we kind like of lost the medium to do it after high school, which is part of growing up and then you get it back. Yeah. We're in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> i like the idea of so we get to this like we're in the moment uh, uh, supremely enjoying everything as if it's like a magic like you know like you're on shrooms like you're in this like zen sort Mm -hmm. of like you know i haven't been inundated with over information for years and years yeah this place and it doesn't get to a negative place we're still uh, so so technically we still need to uh meet people and be a hundred percent um considerate of other people too right Mm -hmm. which would hopefully like maybe we're like so we're in this magical zen moment and being considerate is you don't even have to think about it it's just naturally who we are in this world yeah and it's this it's kind of this absence of thought and and constant oh how am i gonna how am i gonna get through this how am i it's like you don't have that. You're just like, hey, what's next for this day? It's going to be good. Yeah. That's why I kind of said everyone sees things magically because then you don't have the... Even Trump would see things this way or even, you know, all those people saying crazy, horrible things would have a different... Maybe some rose-colored glasses a bit. Yeah. I don't know. Would yeah, I guess you're thinking like you would still come up against uh 
I just got distracted because I thought of this really like Star Trekian type thing where we don't even like to to avoid thinking of ourselves as like concrete individuals. We just become this like buzzing little light that floats down the hallway. Sort of like, you know, like I think Star Trek has like illustrated some aliens yeah. like that. We're yeah. Like we're just like a. We're consciousness. Yeah. And we're, that's it. We're what is left after you die. Yeah. Being you. trapped in our bodies yeah. is what makes us maybe like makes it hard to escape um, being, I don't know, thought of as not one with everyone like we're trapped in our yeah it's obvious that we are but one you wouldn't person, even think of individual. being trapped in your body it would be like oh my god i've got i'm all my divine consciousness is in this physical form that i get to interact and dance or whatever like you would have look i don't wake up with this point of view i have to kind <laughs> of get there like yeah. to kind of see things differently not like oh what's in my way today yeah but like yeah i'm really tripping out just thinking about it to be honest really yeah well, you see you have a baby so you get to kind of see things that way through her eyes you know yeah fresh new and excite. like even little things are so you know, I always like when I was growing uh I did not when I was growing up, but when I was uh, older and I'd look back, I was always kind of like disappointed sometimes and uh, maybe I'm projecting this onto my parents, but I was always like they kind of raised me like they were disappointed that I didn't understand everything already. <laughs> you know, they were never like not they're they're both working people and they're busy, so they'd be like you don't have a bank account and I'd be like, "Well, I know, I don't How know." How old were you when they said this? Oh, like 14 or something, to, <laughs> you know? Like, that's just a what random example, but, like, even with Amy now, it's only 10 months, I can find myself being, like, already, like, how do you not know? But it's, they, they're, they're compl- like, you have to under, yeah, you have to, like, reset yourself and remember what a, what a blank slate we all start out as. And, you know, how fantastic to watch everything be new for somebody all yeah. the time. Yeah, like, sh- like, if she has a screaming fit, which isn't often but it will happen i'm i'm like amy no screaming and she looks at me and gets upset but then it's like i have to be like she doesn't even know that screaming is bad right or she doesn't know its effect on us she doesn't know anything and or judge yeah. more important she doesn't judge anything she feels or th- yeah. thinks if she you know she just will slowly learn over the next few years watching me and kathleen's reactions to certain fact, behavior not judging ourselves is part of this magic place too because i think that's all falling in love is when you meet someone and you uh have a romantic relationship you're falling in love it's like they don't know you very well they don't judge you then you stop judging yourself for one fucking second it feels amazing but we attribute it all to their smile their eyes their everything you know yeah but it's something we chose in a moment to see the best of ourselves that's nice that's a nice thought isn't it funny when you first fall in love with someone 
how much you don't care about walking around naked. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> Whereas how you... like any other instance, it's like, do not look at this. That is how <laughs> when Tara and I first got together, I said that I gained like 25 pounds or something. I was like, because we're never wearing clothes. I didn't notice myself getting fatter because we're never wearing clothes. Like you don't notice anything getting tighter or anything. Like Yeah, I think you put on like 20 pounds. Happy when you get weight. with someone because yeah. yeah it's just like you're just getting in, you're just turning into a cuddly pudding together yeah cuddly pudding <laughs> that's nice yeah you guys got to take a picture of each other hugging and call it cuddly pudding i like that <laughs> yeah um no I, I yeah i was in really good shape <laughs> one day and then i fell in love yeah <laughs> And then that's all you need. But that raw moment is true. It's but but love scientists would and, and like you know rational people would claim is like you know a chemistry going off in your brain which mm-hmm. gives you that sort of like uh, high. You know, it's not like magic. It's like these. Uh, it's these, science. Yeah, it's science. <laughs> like, yeah, making you uh, find someone weird. That, oh yeah, driving you to find somebody. Yeah, I was going to say science forcing you biologically to go procreate, but I guess in like a gay relationship that doesn't make sense, so then that sort of is on the side of just love again. No, I think there's science too, but then why can't science be magical as well? Like yeah. even the interaction of hormones and neurotransmitters, it's so subtle and it's so and it's still biological to find someone that you f- to feel secure with mm-hmm. and to build like a working home with. Yeah. 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 Science, you magical beast. That's why, yeah, it's <laughs> called like there's an art to it. The, yeah. What's, is that art? Art is even in some science names. I don't even know. This is the trippiest episode I've done in a while. Yeah? But I also think it's because I've drank three giant, cu- like this is my third giant cup of green tea this morning. Really? Yeah. Is it my neurons are firing? Yeah. Um yeah, because someone told me that uh Some people are listening to this at now like like not even on the same wavelength as me being like, "What are you talking about? This is fun. This is nothing." <laughs> you want a trip? <laughs> Have me on your show. <laughs> yeah. Um Sorry. I cut you someone off. just told me that they're microdosing LSD for depression. Like studying <clears throat> Oh microdoses of lsd i'm into it i've never done it i've never done it either i was too scared and i had so many opportunities in high school and that is the type of person i wanted to be in uh, high school and i couldn't do it i think it's the type of person people think you are you mean? like so yeah <laughs> well i definitely smoked weed and hash to the max i've done shrooms did e a couple times now it's MDMA. Right. But I haven't done that. But like, yeah, mostly I was just like a little burnout guy. But mm-hmm. acid, my mom scared me when I was a kid. She told me my aunt did acid and then had to go to a hospital. Is your mom a nurse? No, she's a, she's a paranoid freakazoid. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I kind of, yeah, I kind of drew the line with the chemicals too yeah. out of like, and I maybe I'm glad about that because then I was just watching this thing about how heroin's such a big problem in like Cape Cod and stuff, and uh, yeah. 
And because I just got off cigarettes and I do smoke weed. I smoke it every day, but I'm just grateful I don't have a bigger monkey on my back. You know what I mean? Like of a harder drug or something that I got to yeah. deal with or Me think too. about. Do you still drink sips of tequila? Mm-hmm. I like Occasionally. That. I like yeah. how you have your jam. Mm-hmm. I like it when you become an adult and you have your little, you're like, no, this is what I like. Yeah. I never thought I'd be a gin guy, but for like 10 you years, like I just, oh yeah, gin wow. to the max. Wow. Gin, Guinness, wi- like some Guinness. scotch whiskeys, so, uh, Jameson and... Yeah, you sound mature. It. You should be wearing a, a sweater. I'm re- yeah. With your scotch at the end of the night. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, I put on my sweater just to drink scotch. Yeah. And then I'm like, all right, this is itchy. Get a vape pipe. No one ever talks about how itchy sweaters really are. Nobody talks about it. They're like, I need a cool winter sweater. And then they get one and then give me a break. This sucks. Yeah. Sweats are so cozy all the time. They don't let you down. I definitely think human beings should. Here's the thing that human beings aren't doing now and are present that it blows my mind that we should all live in Snuggies and wear rollerblades. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why don't you want to be comfortable 100% 100% of the time. And gliding. And and have, you have wheels on your feet. I'm into that. <laughs> I wish I, I could... If, you never see anyone rollerblade anymore. I think I'm going to turn that into a stand-up bit. If anyone's listening, don't steal that. Don't steal that. Because that's... I'm passionate about that. Somebody, a stand-up did say once, and I never forgot it, that Snuggies are just house codes worn backwards. Oh, really? Do you do them up at the back? I don't even know. I don't know. Like, it's just a blanket with sleeves, right? Yeah. But you don't see people rollerblade anymore. But every time I do, I think, oh, if I had that skill, yeah, I'd be doing it all the time. But I don't want to learn to rollerblade. You know what screwed me up with rollerblades, though? I tried to stop sideways because you're used to skating on ice. <laughs> yeah. And then you just flip on your ass. That's why you need a super comfy Snuggie. <laughs> While you blade? Dude. Imagine seeing a guy with like a ripped, torn Snuggie bleeding everywhere on rollerblades. I'm picturing you in that, all of that. Oh, yeah, I'm that guy. <laughs> in fact, it, you might just become eccentric enough to do something like oh, that. Especially after today's episode with all this green tea, my mind is out there. Is it? Oh, yeah. Do you want to smoke a joint? <laughs> <laughs> do you? I will. No, but- I do have other things <laughs> I got to do today. See, yeah. I'm not... Uh, that's one thing during the day weed i can't i can't really function no because you're a lightweight now see isn't that doesn't feel great i like how you said now like you know i'm gonna go hardcore no because you used to be in high school you were more hardcore yeah but i was you know it was bad my parents were mad oh i skipped i barely went to school Uh oh i got um i grew up on the streets (laughs) super coddled suburban streets Wow. Skateboards and weed and I was in a punk band. Total suburban white kid. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, This has become more about me. Uh, Let's, we got. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good at that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to fucking talk about myself too. Trust me. (laughs) Uh, Everybody listening knows. But this is the thing. You're totally satisfied with this. Basically, it's like you, you almost want it to be like the world we live in now. But we just have these magical dispositions. And perhaps I would add a little bit more magic to this world for travel. It wouldn't be so hard. In fact, it'd be more like 
just a cozy giant hand that you could crawl into and it would, you just put in your coordinates and then it lands you there. Like, wait, it, do you crawl into your own hand? Y- well, you, everybody can summon this big hand. It's just oh. a big hand and it's like a uh, Doctor Who phone booth kind yeah, of, but you the just TARDIS. Yeah, you curl up in it and then if it's just you're drunk at a party and you want to be in your bed, that's what you put in. Bed and then you're there. I love that when the giant traveling hands are first invented, you're at a party and then yours comes to pick you up and everyone's like ah screaming you're like I'm just going home. Bed hand. Yeah. Or if you want to be in a warm place, like we live in a cold climate, you would yeah. just crawl into this, curl up. It's a nice way to travel. It's, yeah. it's golden. I picture all these giant hands bumping into each other above Hawaii. And do, and giving each other the finger. Yeah, like, let us land. <laughs> <laughs> all these Canadians and giant hands, like, bumping into Caribbean islands. <laughs> Like, get me down there. Yeah. And it doesn't take a long time. It's very instant. So it takes... But then people from Caribbean islands with giant hands traveling to North America to get better jobs all bumping into each other. I picture the hands, like, evaporating on demand. Like, go away. Boom. Gone. I love that. Just gone. You see a little cloud when when it disappears? I think it's gold. Gold dust. And That's then beautiful. I could go to, so then it would add the magic of, I could be in Hawaii today and back for whatever tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So then travel's not such a big God, deal. I would get addicted to using the hand. Right? <laughs> Especially just home, home hand. Yeah. Get Let's me out get of there. here. Hmm. Yeah. And I'd be like, I'd go to a restaurant, it'd be closed. And you just jump in a hand and go to another restaurant that's open. That happens to me a lot. Some I have a favorite, I have favorite uh, restaurants um, speckled across the city, mm-hmm. and so sometimes I go for long walks, super psyched to hit this restaurant, and then, <laughs> and then I find it closed when I get there, and I'm not near any other restaurant I want to go to, and it makes me sad. That's your magic, man. <laughs> that burger. Yeah, or yeah, chicken roti. Yep, I had one of those at your place. Okay, I'm going to be honest. I got off at uh, Lansdowne mm-hmm. and, uh, to come to your place, Lansdowne Station. Just so, well, I could have got, well, it is closer than Dundas West. It is. But I that. got off, especially being like, I'll swing, because I'm kind of hungry, I'll swing by Caribbean Queen and get one of her homemade beef patties. Ooh. And it was closed. Oh. Yeah. So I got a donut from Coffee Time. Oh. Not the effing same, man. No. When you want a roti, a donut's not going to do it. Yeah. Or a beef patty. Because she makes them herself. Right. Like So the filling is like real ingredients, real spice. Oh, I'm going nuts. Well, there's good stuff around here, but you're right. The hours are irregular and random There sometimes. is good stuff. Do you go to that roti place on the other side of the street? There's like... Yeah. Yeah. We get the, they have a special at each day. I forget what it's called. Alibaba's? They, no. Bisa, just two, like two or three doors down from Alibaba's. There's a roti place. Oh. That does like Caribbean style, like Trinidadian style. Spicy. Yeah. Yeah, you like a little spice? <laughs> we get the two for one falafels on Tuesday from Alibaba's. That's nice. Yeah. The Alibaba's is a giant franchise now. Yeah. Isn't that cool? It is cool. I'm going to read that um, 
that story of Alibaba and the Forty Thieves just so I know what's what's going on. Oh wow! Do you know it? No. <laughs> In my perfect utopian world, we would know every single thing. Oh. Wait, then I guess we'd be like gods or something. But you would just have sort of a, a, a this omnipresent knowing, feeling of knowing that's not like a bunch of clutter in your head. Yeah. Just a profound sense of knowing. Yeah. Do you ever like sit back and wonder or like think to yourself like, I spent so much time learning stupid things. Yes. <laughs> Because I do the crossword puzzle. That's sort of my happy place. Like, yeah, Tom every, Henry does that too. Yes, I know. I, I stayed with him for a week in Los Angeles. Really? We were both staying at our mutual friend's place. And, um, Ooh. Levi. Ah. And, um, did, and you guys did crosswords together? Well, I was doing them and then we talked about them, and he does not cheat at all. Wow. I feel super entitled to cheat on certain subjects like golf, football. Right. Uh, you know, secretaries of state. Like, things I'm never going to learn. That's very interesting to me. And it makes me very happy to know that there's a moment in time where you and Tom bonded over crossword puzzles. And yeah. I never knew. Yeah. Until now. He's, But he doesn't cheat at all. He won't. He's working hard to be a brainiac for sure. <laughs> Yeah, there's an episode of Tom Henry out there too, and our friend May. I wanted to say, like, because you brought her up earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. May Martin has an episode, and Sarah Hennessy does too. But May Martin, if you're listening, she has a new show called Drugs in the UK. If you're listening <gasps> in the UK, go see it. Oh, yeah. a live show. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, because she did just did that big one, Us, which was like a huge hit. I think I, think I know what TV. drugs is about. And it's, I don't. I haven't it's, talked to her about um, it yet. We talked about it over Christmas and kind of like when you're a baby and you get your primary nurturing from your parents, you get all these neurotransmitters and good chemicals in your brain and stuff. And babies who don't get that are super vulnerable to becoming addicts. Whoa. I have to learn more about my baby. You're giving her all of that. She's getting it all. Oh, like it they wouldn't get it because they don't have the If they're neglected uh, or if they I see. if a they are kept apart from their parent for whatever reason or whatever. Does she think that's what happened to her? In some way there's qualifiers. I'll let her tell the story, but yeah. it's a very interesting um concept to put a show around she's a genius yeah for sure even yeah I, she works on baroness too yeah. and, and her sketches are very smart and silly too yeah she's so smart uh, she's so smart at being funny mm -hmm. um and vice versa um so okay this has been super distract like i i digress a lot That's yeah just me the way too it goes. but basically i love chatting with you yeah. Is there anything else we should add to your world? We got the giant hand taking yep. us everywhere that turns into, explodes into gold dust when you arrive at your destination. Yes. Everybody is walking around experiencing, basically I feel, 
when I picture it, it's like almost like a vibrating love of everything. I love that. Okay, good. That's what I was picturing. I didn't say it earlier, but that's great. Like a vibrating, like wah wah wah. wah I love everything. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> like what you try to get to with drugs, but yeah. then you become afraid it's going to be over. And how do I get it back? But it's just how you are mm-hmm. all the time. And then one time, okay, here's the thing. One time I did E at pride Mm -hmm. but then it was raining so i came home to change my clothes but then i didn't go back out and i stayed home and i worked on work on this drug because i felt so positive and interested and and into it you know what i mean you left pride on e to go work because of how you were feeling mentally well it wasn't my intention but once i was home to change i was like you know what i i I really want to do all these things like all of a sudden on this to-do yeah. list i was like well, okay you know what? when you read about these freaking brilliant people mm-hmm. that have like changed certain ways of thinking for all of like for societies like you know like freud was doing coke like all the yeah, time right you know or like man like charlie uh parker or something or you know like or uh you know john coltrane like they freaking like heroin to themselves to the max right like literally out you know but like it's so weird he's like something about being like in this sort of like yeah like taking certain substances for people that keeps them in this brilliant groove and then i think that's where some of the you can burn right out yeah that's the opposite of like maybe the neglected drug addict who just basically comes becomes like a drug addict uh, in a negative way and then sort of ruins their life. There's like these weird people. No, I don't know. Maybe it ruins your life in either way. <laughs> but the thing is, yeah. is like, there's these weird like people with like mighty, mighty brains that can't stop. And then you always read that they develop a codependency on something too because it sort of like focuses them or something. And also this world we're in is not celebrating magic super a lot. So then people like that the escapism of it escapism of it but also they kind of feel like they need to make themselves smaller to fit in this world you know and have an addiction that's a good way to do it like i'm still human guys you know you mean like a brilliant person sort of chips away at their brain why not to sort of still fit in with a have relationships i feel like there's psychologists that probably listen to this and they're like yeah but they're just like <laughs> li- they're just listening to like normal people figure it out <laughs> got it they're like yeah yeah that's how it goes no but we're just figuring it out for ourselves this is nice and the regular people that listen to this civilians but yeah so they i've like okay because i've always been like sort of like a hyper kind of guy in my mind Mm -hmm. but like nervous on the outside Mm -hmm. and so i've literally not i i would never say i'm a genius by a long shot and i'm not but i definitely think there's things i've done like to beat down my brain to calm it down and be become a bit more like docile and like Mm -hmm. sort of regular relatable yeah um Anytime I'm engaging in small talk, I feel like I'm doing that. I've zero. I don't think anyone's interested in it. First of all, small talk. 
I think we'd <laughs> all be rather, even passing each other on the street, would rather talk about our infinite selves or, you know what I mean? Bigger talk? I don't know. I would like, I was talking to my sister about this uh, the other, uh, during the Super Bowls, like, because our parents are away right now. And uh, you can have a big party with your whole high school there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to trash the place, man. But like, yeah, my parents just raised us with so- everything was superficial. What do it you was mean? all like superficial convos. And like, I'm a super analyzer to the max. Yeah, I like to like are. examine things, think about like, and it's like that, uh, the, uh, was it Socrates or whatever? The unexamined life is not worth living. Mm. I'm so we're going to go on vacation with my parents soon. And I, I think I'm this time at 38, I'm going to ask my dad, like, do you ever like think about life? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Have you ever like sat and examined your existence? Because I don't think, like, a lot, a lot of people don't do that. And then some of them, So I, I don't think, know if everyone wants to, like, I think small talk right. is super fine for, like, m- a lot of people. Yes. And those people voted for Trump. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I think some of those people are honest to goodness, happy, and don't overthink life. Yeah. And I think some people like that are just afraid of what they would think or whatever. Yeah there's yeah because i yeah, think maybe it's wrong to think of them negatively and there are people that are maximally i see keep using that word today in Max. different in different forms yeah brilliant more brilliant than i'll ever be in a million years uh but yeah sometimes i was so yeah because my parents are completely successful functional people so in a way to them i could imagine sitting around pondering things all the time is like pointless it seems like a waste you're not getting things done so maybe there's that aspect too where they're like so you and i are super artsy creative people we want to sit around and be like i wish i could uh, just sit in a microwave and turn into a cake (laughs) that would be why can't we do that (laughs) yeah why can't we why am I stuck in this non-cake form? But yeah, like <laughs> we think weird thoughts like that all the time. All the time. And uh, yeah, so maybe there there are the people that can't and it, maybe it is because they're, they don't have an imagination, they're not creative. But maybe they also don't because it's not functional to them, their life, what they yeah. want. They don't need it. I think I spend a lot of my time being negative towards people that like that and that don't like need the same things yeah. that you do that was bad it's narcissism Me? we all we all are we all are oh no like why aren't you experiencing things but it's yeah. our own way of kind of normalizing ourselves to fit in this place it's like why don't they do things like me i was an existential child i remember knocking on doors on my street and asking to go in their house, like when I was six, five or six, yeah, just to check out how they were doing shit. Cause really, yes, my mom. You'd go and explore neighbors' lives. I wanted to know what kind of socks they wore, what kind of cups they used. Because my mom had me when she was like eighteen, and I remember her always being like, "I was too young to start a family, and I didn't know what I was doing." And I was convinced she didn't know what she was doing. And I was like, what is everyone else doing? I need to go out. And I would just knock on their door and ask to come in. 
and yeah. um i picture you going up to random mothers and being like can you show my mom some stuff not at all i would just, <laughs> no, I'm just go in and observe yeah. and be like oh what do they use what do they eat what do, what do people i would i once sunday we went to church every sunday one sunday when i was young under 10 years old I just let my family keep walking and I ducked in with another family for church. Like sat with a different family. Oh, my mom was livid. She was up at the front. We always sat at the front so that we wouldn't stare at other people. And, um, she realized I wasn't there and she was looking back. She was like, get up here. And I would just, I'm sitting with this family today and I wouldn't go nowhere and they didn't know what was happening. And I was just like, I'm just checking out. Everyone does the same exact thing in church. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, I'm going to see what it feels like to be with these people. That's amazing. (laughs) That's really cool. No, that's like interesting. I think that's... Anthropological. Yeah. You're interested. One time I... You're like a a social explorer. I was. I even knocked on um, this one house and had these two older people with European accents, you know, from Europe. And I knocked on the door. I was like six. And I said, were you in any wars? And she was... I went in and she hmm. made me cook cookies and milk and told me her life and everything. Wait, did she make them from scratch? No, no. Or she, she gave, gave, gave to, me... Yeah, yeah. yeah and... Um, yeah, I had so many questions for other people. I love that. Were you in any wars? All right. I'm I interested. wish I was like that. I think I was observing to the... to. I'm not going to say it again. I, I think I was observing people a lot as well, but I was way too in my head and shy. Yeah, but this was I, like the 70s where... I think I, just I was always to, thinking about like, how do I think about things? Right. Know, like analyzing myself. And I was like kind of looking to formulate what I should think of things from other people. Interesting. But also in the 70s, a kid could leave the house for the day and no one would think about them. And you could be in anyone else's house, you know. Yeah. More freedom to do that. Do you think it was because of the 70s how it was? Or do you think it's because of um, we weren't inundated with fear-mongering media these days? Yeah, that's part of it too. I mean, things bad things definitely happen. But they didn't happen to you. They happen to other people. Yeah. Yeah, but population has definitely um, tripled since then at least or whatever. And everyone's aware of every single thing in anyone's life. Like you could just, so that same anthropology I was doing as a kid, I could just do online now, like just troll different people on Facebook or whatever and, and ask my questions and, you know, to myself and not have an interaction. I think Yeah, it's more possible that way. Yeah. We used to, we used to like as kids, I mean, geez, like, there's generations now that don't even know. But kids used to, like, have to sit and live in their mind for hours. Mm-hmm. And that's all they had. Maybe, you know what I mean? Like, that was your world, your imagination. Yes. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I wonder if, like, kids still get that. I mean, you know, Amy looks at Kathleen and I looking at her phones, at the computer. You know, like, I worry about that, but... And also, I don't want her to be like some weird luddite kid that doesn't understand. And all she wants is your phone. Yeah, big time. 
Um, I heard someone was telling, some marketing person was telling me that kids now are rejecting the virtual experience and wanting. I knew it. Actual experience. I knew it. I was saying it a couple years ago. I definitely think that our generation, the parents' generation, are going to be suckers for looking at these glowing, stupid screens all the time. <laughs> and kids are going to be climbing mountains and kayaking and like building shit with their hands. Yeah. I totally think so. But then there'll be another generation that rebels against that and yeah. is wearing those glasses and hands to kind of have a virtual thing and whatever. <laughs> Yeah. You know, glasses and hands. <laughs> I have glasses and hands. <laughs> Your generation, always with the glasses and hands. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. That's great. That was a nice little insight to know about you. That's very interesting. And it uh, explains a lot. Oh. I mean, like, you know, explains you. Are we missing anything? We've digressed to the max. I don't. Oh, fuck. I said it again. Hi. Here's the thing. If you're listening at home and if you've made it this far, you notice that when I drink too much green tea, I say to the max all the time. Maybe you could get Pepsi Max to sponsor you. Are they still a thing? I don't know. <laughs> Are they? Hi, Pepsi Max. Can you sponsor me? I'll never drink your product, but... It'll make me crazy. It's so weird that we used to think pop was fine. And now we know it's danger poison. Mm-hmm. No offense if you drink pop. I'm trying to get off. Every all now those and then, things. I like a good pop. Yeah, I soda know. Soda pop. I do too. Yeah, but it's 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 hard. Corrosive. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else you want in your utopian world where we're floating around, loving everything, vibrating, um, traveling on a giant hand? You know, I'm just assuming that if we're vibrating, it's going to be ideal for. Elephants to keep their ivory and uh, uh, water to stay clean and all that stuff. So ice caps to stay frozen. So that's what I kind of want too. But, you know. Yeah. I I would hope that the... People respect the environment. They would anyways because they love everything. Right? It's magic. They're appreciating the magic. They respect it. Yeah. No Um, shithead, greedy businessman making up alternative facts just to make a few bucks off of what keeps us alive you fucking idiots right i'm so mad yeah (laughs) we are going into the dark ages if if the (laughs) if we get a mini ice age we definitely will go there yeah i my friend glenn and i were um um hanging out the other day and we discovered that uh in the 70s a lot of scientists were warning what was a buzz back then was an ice age is coming soon like before everyone was on board with global warming and climate change Mm -hmm. they some scientists were definitely and it wasn't like a partisan thing science has only become a partisan thing in the last like 10 years right it was a sharing of knowledge yeah all of a sudden it's like no yeah it's really weird. But anyways, <clears throat> so back when science was just like a super all-respected thing, there was there was a good handful of scientists that were like, an ice age is coming. Well, the, apparently the dark ages, was there was a mini ice age was in there? Europe. Yeah, that's what they suspect. And then that 
and with that with a couple plagues which we already have plagues um will yeah give you a dark ages you, know? you do think we have plagues, but we're just good at fighting plagues now? We totally have plagues. There's Ebola. There's like... Um, but they AIDS. don't But they don't die in the masses like the Black Plague. We don't... Yeah, we just don't see... The biggest killer in the world is malaria. Still. We don't... Does it kill like half a town, though? The yeah. Black I, Death was fucked. I right, was, right, right. I was, I was learning about it the other day, and they were like... Yeah, they were like, imagine fifty percent waking up and fifty percent of who you knew was like dead now. Right. That's I do pretty- think these things happen in Africa now in this day and age. Yeah. Maybe not a disease, maybe a war, maybe partly disease, but I do think it's happening and we we don't see it. But when it happens in these parts of the world to people like us, then. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I would say like the plague and all that. That was definitely... They really do scare us, though. Yeah, because we are very... we're As people, we're incredibly resilient and incredibly vulnerable. Like we're going to Florida and like Florida had some Zika virus going on, you know? So we can't try and make a baby again while we're in Florida. Really? I Yeah, you never know. Oh, because it's... Oh, wow. Because Zika attacks the baby. Mm. You didn't know about it? I don't know much about it. Don't, I know it's nasty. It's disturbing, yeah. Huh. This is getting... I'm sorry. I made we, it dark. We're going to dystopia. That happens a lot, usually. Well, it's it's two sides of the same coin. This has been a fun convo, though. Totally. I really like feel like relaxed. Good. Do you ever feel that? Like, how do you feel? I feel very contented and relaxed, sort of like uh, my utopia. Good. Yeah. That's part of it. Utopia to me is also like, I want you to feel utopianized afterwards. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? No. So okay. I like that. I like it was a nice, we got serious because you got serious about the environment, mm-hmm. which is a nice way to go because everybody feels that way for the most part. Mm-hmm. I've never like talked to anyone that's like, uh, give me the oil. <laughs> right you know those are the people you're having on the show i've but yeah but even like regular do you ever talk to somebody that really sticks up for these greedy businessmen that are destroying the planet no i did hear from someone about fort mcmurray that is it enbridge is the company they are repairing some of that and taking some environmental responsibility for that scar in the earth well, they're multi-billionaires. Who else should be doing it? That's another thing, too. Like, the plebes, man. Like, we're walking around trying to figure out, like, right? super average everyday stuff. And then the media and industry is always coming down on us for being environmentally friendly. It's like, I can't even afford the shit that's ruining the environment. Give me a break. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, what are you talking about a plastic bag? I, I use the plastic bag for various other reasons like there's other stuff going on i always feel bad about that like i saw this poster a couple years ago of a polar bear on a teeny little iceberg floating away because you know his land broke up and melted around him and he's looking at us from the poster like see help Mm -hmm. me and i was like what are you talking about you polar bear (laughs) would eat me without even killing me you would just start eating me 
Yeah, you're probably some sort of Hollywood polar bear that got, you don't even know what it's like to stand on a real iceberg. Can really deliver in his ad, though. <laughs> Help me. Yeah. Why are you looking at me? I'm like a guy that's like trying to save up money to buy a hamburger. Mm-hmm. Like, go bug... China. Enbridge. Okay, go bug China. Yeah. Go bug anywhere where there's multiple smokestacks pouring shit into the... And they don't care. Like, you know, send me the sad picture of the polar bear when I have a smokestack coming out of my apartment building and I'm burning tires or something. I don't know what the fuck they do. Mm-hmm. Making coal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do anything like that. Yeah. I barely drive a car. And that's what I mean about just a <laughs> thing to make you feel bad. Yeah. Instead of like, oh, here's what you can do to help these ice caps or whatever. You know? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> God, environmental. I like that, though. The environmental is driving us mental. Yeah. If I think about it too much. Yeah. Yeah. I basically... Well, yeah. We're basically trying to end the podcast by trying to avoid just ranting about well, exactly what's happening exactly these days right now with the governments <laughs> of our countries. Um, so how should we end on a happy note back again? Well, there's, So we're vibrating with love. Yes. And there is still a lot of stability in this planet. I mean, we're not being tossed around the solar system and into meteors and shit like that. We, we're stable in an orbit. Yeah. We, the sun came up again the beautiful sun that gives us everything yeah and there's still there's a lot of planet stuff to celebrate yeah right it's, good. it's lovely it's a lovely world i think so is there anything that you personally want to promote coming up soon i guess baroness von sketch season two comes out soon i think no yeah i think it will come out in the spring or summer okay oh yeah actually no you know what aurora was on i think she did say summer summer yeah so that's great yeah i'm really looking forward to it i've heard some of the edits are pretty funny i'm hoping yeah and go to dawn's dawn if you're in toronto go to it's an institution dawn patrol on mondays at the comedy bar super fun show anything else yeah no i think that's that's good okay i like i wish i didn't go to such a negative place with the environment but I feel like most listeners understand and we can all go there. I think a lot of listeners are like, you could have gone way more negative if you ask me. Right. Good. And if you have anything you want to say about it, tweet at me. <laughs> tweet at Utopia to me. Okay. Um, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for the green tea. I think I'm like burnt out now from this caffeine rush. Thanks this, for having me, Chris. It was so this much was fun. Good. We finally got you on. All right, everybody. That was Don Whitwell. Don, thanks so much again uh, for coming on. It was so fun hanging out on that fancy couch in your apartment and uh, having such a fun chat. Guys, uh, everything is true. She teaches great uh, stand-up classes, is all, uh, always around doing great stand-up that you got to check out. Follow her at Don Whitwell on Twitter um, so you could follow more of what's going on with her. And there you go. That was episode 68. Super fun, wasn't it? um drank a lot of tea became uh acquainted with her and me and it was it was fun we had a good time follow me 
at Chris Lock Fun on Twitter, okay? And, uh, you know, but especially follow the podcast. We're below, I don't even know how, we don't even have 500 followers on Twitter. I mean, I know I tweet about it for my own thing a lot. I, whatever. I feel insecure. Follow us at Utopia to Me. That's it. We've had amazing guests. We're going to get more and more uh, uh, episodes coming faster, more regularly. And uh, yeah, because, you know, that's how it is. It's uh, having a lot of fun doing it. And uh, I really appreciate a lot of the positive feedback and promotion that I'm getting from you guys that have checked out the episodes out there and are listening and passing around. Um, if you really like it and you haven't like uh, commented on it or voted for it on iTunes or anything with stars and all that stuff, rated it, please take a sec to do that. It definitely helps. Um, yes, we've been featured on iTunes before. We've been featured on a few other things, AV Club. So it's getting out there. we got some listeners. I don't know why I'm at the end of an episode. I'm begging for even more. Give me more. I'm greedy. I'm a greedy podcaster. Look, I'm barely a podcaster. All I do is put this mic in my big gullet and uh, swallow hard. Nothing happens. Listen, we're all having fun. That was a great episode. Have a glass of green tea, a glass. And uh, you know what? Just uh, keep telling people about the podcast. Keep telling people about all the great, amazing Canadian comedians that you've heard from this podcast and pass it around. Go to live shows. Support everything. And I will too. I'll be there. I'll shake your hand. I'll be tired. Okay. So sometimes if you meet me and I'm tired, it's just because of the way life is. But otherwise, you are great. I am great. Go out there and, uh, you know, hug a tree for a sec. Put your cheek up against the bark of a tree and go, I love you. Okay. Thank you so much again for tuning in. Thanks. Bye. Thank you.